What's going on, World Family? Thank you for checking out Journey of the Mindset. If you're listening to Journey of the Mindset, the podcast, or any of the podcast platforms, you can also see the video on YouTube at 143 Speaks. I appreciate all of your support from my 143 Speaks followers. You guys are amazing. Know that you are loved and your life is love. Love is what guides the world. Until next time, World Family, I love you. Stay safe. Peace. We aim high, we aim to rise, and every vision that's real is analyzed. To let me fight in my bones and What's going on, family? It's your boy, Donald Jones, and welcome to another episode of Journey of the Mindset. I am here today with a special guest, Coach Ham, co-founder of Parham and Associates. We are going to talk about the mindset today, and I'm telling you right now, the information that you guys are about to get is going to be amazing. So let me just stop y'all right there. Press this on pause. If you're watching on YouTube or you're listening on any of the podcast stations, I personally think that you should pause this and go get a pen and paper so that way you can write down this information. So let me stop yapping and let me stop talking. And without further ado, Coach Ham, how are you doing today? Hey, DJ, what is going on? Thank you for having me. This is dope as hell. So I'm super excited. Listen, I I, I, I appreciate you for um for coming on, taking some time out of your busy day because I know that you're very, very busy. Um, I, I'm just going to dive right in. Um, Mindset, mindset. Yeah. You are all about the mindset. Um, I, I just want to know a lot about your business, a lot about what it is that you do. And then I want to kind of dive into pretty much like your story and how you decided to do start doing the things that you did. So I'm going to I'm going to be quiet because I have a ten, I, I tend to talk a little bit too much, but I want this to be all about you. So my viewers and my listeners can get some amazing information. So tell us what you do. So my name is Ayana Brody Param. I am also known as Coach Ham. I am the CEO and founder of Param and Associates or better yet, Param Intelligence. We are an executive, well, actually an emotional intelligence executive firm. So what does that actually mean, right? So we literally deal with your emotions. So when you start wilding out in the office, or if you're an entrepreneur, solopreneur, any type of entrepreneur, and you just don't know how to manage or handle your type of emotions, like you can't address them, you can't label them, you have no idea what's going on, but you just start randomly popping off, you come see me. Because then we're going to have to start having a conversation about what's going on. So if you're starting to tell me like, hey, I want to get into a leadership position in my nine to five, but I know there's some things I need to refine. There's a couple of things that I need to just work out of my system. They bring me on for a couple of months. We do some deep dives. We really start to strategize and see exactly where you need to pivot. So our mindset and our motto that we turn minions into grooves. So I'm a mother of an amazing 18-month-year-old. So if you have ever watched Despicable Me, and I'm talking about those cute little tater tots in denim overalls, that is what we got this from. So we said, you know what? If you ever watched that movie and you saw the villain name is Gru, he was nonstop. It didn't matter what he did. He just kept pushing. It was like by any means necessary. And that was the type of leader that I wanted to be. That was the type of leader that we started to create and build upon. So we say literally in the office, are we going to be turning minions into grooves or grooves are going back to minions? But either way, any means necessary. So for my aspiring leaders tonight, if you are listening, I would definitely say take some notes because I'm about to be dropping some hardcore gems tonight. Oh, yeah. So let me ask you this question, right? Because mm-hmm. I, I, I want from personal experiences, too, I see a lot of people mm-hmm. that are in leadership positions that may not they shouldn't be there. So is it that they shouldn't be there or they probably just lack the tools to be leaders? So I think it's twofold, right? I don't necessarily think that everyone has called because let's be very honest. 
for leadership, that's a calling. And you have to be called to that type of mantle. So some people are quick to say, hey, I raised my hand. And so they brought them forward. That's kind of how my story started. I started noticing that people in my nine to five, because I've been working in the federal government for about 15 plus years, they fell upward and they took their 10 closest friends. And I was like, you know what? Okay. So I thought I did my time, right? I was a servant. I got mentored. I studied. You know, I asked for help. I took all these leadership classes that they think you're supposed to be taking. And then come to find out, they really took me through the ringer. And then when everything was said and done, they said at the end of the day, look, you're not deemed fit to lead based off of our qualifications. I was like, what? You talking to me? Like me? They were like, yeah, based off of your assessments, we don't think you're really a true leader for this company. I said, okay. Right there is when PNA was born. It was born out of my rejection. It was born out of my anger, my frustration, and overall my consistency to say, you know what? I'm going to start birthing leaders who need to be make sure that they know these soft skills, right? So these are the soft skills of being compassionate, being empathetic. Can you actually lead? And I mean, there's a very big difference between leading and managing. So I want people to understand that, like, all right, if you're going to lead, I need to remember that every human is still human. They're not cattle. You cannot whip them into submission. You cannot give them fear-based anecdotes thinking that they're just going to give you product after product. You have to remember why are they here? What is their why? And if they don't know what their why is, we got a much bigger problem on our hands. Yes, the why. So that that, that leads to a very great question. Um, even mm-hmm. in the, you know, outside of a leadership role, but just somebody that's in search of something, they're on a journey. How did, mm-hmm. how do you identify your why? Like, how is it that you have all of these ideas or you have all of these, um, these creations that you have on your head that you want to become to, that you want to come to life, but you, you just can't find the why, like, why is it that I want to do it? Or why is it that I can't do it? Why is it that I can't take that first step? I think it's a couple of things, right? So it depends on how scatterbrained you are. So I think when you come down to your why, it's really going to be the one or two big things in your life that's going to push you. Like that means that it is by any means necessary. So for me, my why is knowing that I had an organization tell me that I wasn't deemed to fit. Like I wasn't deemed to lead. So I said, okay. So from there, I'm going to build a coaching firm. And it just so happened that we ended up being minority women. Of course, we still were looking for men. Doesn't matter, right? However, that's how it started. So my why was saying, you told me no, I'm going to break and kick in that door. So it's an automatic yes. Yes. So that is my why. So I'm going to tell my clients or all of my my prospective clients, it's like, you know what? Let's figure out what is your main reason? Why do you actually want to lead? Is it because you want the extra couple of dollars? Yeah, that's great. However, you're going to end up being responsible for people's lives at the end of the day. You have to be able to say, I'm responsible for this person's mindset. Am I going to send them home cringing that they don't want to have to wake up the next morning and come see me? Or am I going to empower them to the point that they're like, you know what? I cannot wait to get to work. I want to do what X, Y, and Z asked me to do. I'm a ride for them. Yes. So you have to create that atmosphere starting at day one. 
Yes. I'm, I'm going to share a personal experience with you. And I, and, I, and I always said, you know, when I first started joining Mindset, I wouldn't talk about this, but I'm going to talk about it anyway. Um, I was working at this organization. I was there at the time for 14 years. And the leadership there, the leadership thought that they were doing pretty much an amazing job. But the aura of the place, the culture that they developed mm-hmm. in the place was just so negative. Yeah. And I remember me sitting back and I got a, um, a, a position in the company where I was able to lead. And I said, you know what? I want to be different. I want to be different from what they're doing. And I want to be able to empower. I want to empower the people that mm-hmm. I work with, but I also want to teach them something. And my department wound up being the only department in the, um, in the organization that didn't have as many turnovers. So my staff was staying, but the other departments, people were quitting. And when I sat down and I saw what I did differently from what they were doing is that I didn't let my ego run my department. Yep. And I think that in a lot of us, when we go into the leadership role, us not knowing the why we want to be, same thing you just said, us not knowing the why we want to become leaders, we go into it with the mentality of, you know what, I want to be the boss. I want to be in charge of something, not understanding mm-hmm. that there are different types of leadership skills. You have people that lead by fear. You have people that lead by um, 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 teaching. You have people mm-hmm. that lead by not even saying nothing, you know? So it, it, it it's something that um, I learned. And I'm trying to definitely apply it to my life as a, a, a new business owner, somebody that just started a business, that mm-hmm. anybody that I employ, I want them to come on and I want them to feel empowered. I don't want them driving to work, right. just depressed and miserable saying, you know what, I have to go there. And I don't want to lead by fear. Listen, understanding that sometimes you have to crack the whip, I guess that's what they say. Right. But I believe that that can be done in, in, a, in a respectable way and in a teaching way. Mm-hmm. I don't know. What are your thoughts on that? So it's a couple of things, right? So it depends on for the CEO or the business owner. The first question I will ask any of my clients, what makes your business unique, right? So you're going to tell me exactly what you do. And then I'm going to ask you, well, what type of business do you want to create? Like, what's the atmosphere that you want to create? Do you want it to feel like home? Do you want your employees to feel like this is family, that they can come see you? say anything to you, challenge you, and be okay with being challenged. So here's the one thing that I want you to really focus on that you said. You can tell the mark of a leader based off of the retention rate in the office. Mm. Mm. So whether people leave is based off of how you led them. Not even manage, but how you manage to lead them is why that retention is either high or low. So it's no wonder that your whole little section didn't stay anywhere because they were like, you know what? We're comfortable. We're good. We create an atmosphere amongst ourselves, even though the the corporate atmosphere was a dog-eat-dog world, which a lot of me, I mean, that's most jobs. They're not, unless you're like Google, but even then, I heard Google had some issues. Facebook, all of them, you can be as freestanding as you want to, but people are still human. And you have to look at the heart of the matter. These are human beings. Emotions drive all of our decisions, all of our actions. So you need to start addressing these emotions. What does that mean? Can you honestly stick your finger and say, I can pinpoint certain things. So when it flares up and when it comes up for me over and over again, I know exactly what X is. I know exactly what Y is. And yes. hence why you come see me. Yes. You know what? I want to. I want to. I want to go backwards. I want to go backwards into the day that you yeah. made that decision. You said, "You know what? I'm going to open up my." What? What? What was? What was the feeling inside? Was Was there fear? Was it excitement? Was it 
you know, I, 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 is this good? And I'm actually this because I know that when I registered mine, first of all, it took me about three years to register because I felt like I didn't have what it took for it to be successful. So there was all these things, and I and, and I and I know that whatever you tell yourself is what you're going to believe. People could tell you whatever you want to tell yeah. tell you about, but whatever you start telling yourself is what you're going to believe. And um, I let a lot of fear and and excuses hold me back from registering it from from day one, the moment I thought about it. Right. So I just want to know what was that internal feeling like when you registered your business? I was excited, and I think. I was more or less excited because I was like, you know what? If my nine to five does not see my value, I know what my value is. So why not build an empire for the type of leaders that we should have, not even need, but should actually have. And the reality of it was for me, my why was I did not see a lot of people in leadership that look like me, brown skin or female. It was all white men. I mean, it's just the reality of it. It was like, hey, Y'all have known for years, decades, centuries, that it's just always been one thing. So when you have all of these newcomers, your millennials are now transitioning out from the boomers, even the X and the Y are getting pushed out. You know that we're going to be the next in line. But here's the problem. Most of these Ys, Xs, and boomers have failed to give us the tools that we need to survive and be successful. So what's happened is most of um, our millennials they stay at a job two, three years tops, and then they roll because reality of it is they don't see their value in the company. They don't see their purpose. And if they can't see it, there's no reason to stay for it. So I would ask you as a CEO, you need to make sure that your why is going to be aligned with their values. Mm. Because if it's not, you're going to lose people quicker than you hired them. Mm. Mm-hmm. Where are you from? Originally, Jersey. I am a Jersey girl through and through. <laughs> Went to school in North Carolina and then came to the D.C. metropolitan area for work. And I've been here ever since. Did you, did you, I know you, you, you said you had a right from what I'm assuming more so a very, very nice job. Did you ever, um, like growing up, did you ever think about being a business owner and things of that nature? So I think I've always thought about being a hustler just because my parents were that. Like they were your average middle-class African-American family. Their spin was that they always believed in entrepreneurship. They always taught, you know, me that you can't always rely on just one thing. One thing cannot be your end all be all because stuff happens. Like perfect example, no one knew that Corona was coming around the corner. So you have to be able to have some type of additional income, whether that is you owning your own small shop, you working an extra job for Marriott or airline, just so you can get whatever it is. That's the one thing that they always made sure that I understood and I got to say, okay, if you're going to do X, Y, and Z, there needs to be a reason for it. You're not working four or five jobs just to have it. Is it because you're saving? Is it because you're making sure that your kid's college tuition is paid cash because there's no debt? You know, what is going to be a why for your working? What do you need to do? So I think that's a big thing to say. Yes, absolutely. Yes. Um, I think being an entrepreneur in our family, just also being African-American, we didn't own anything. And anything that we did have was always taken away. So we wanted to make sure that there was a legacy that we were going to create. Same thing for my son. I'm building this for him. So when he decides to say whether you have options, you can go to school, there's the military, 
or you can own your own business, but you're going to make sure that this business is successful. And I'm going to show you what that looks like. So if that means taking 18 months into a boardroom to show him how to run a meeting properly, no one else says a word. He just sits in the corner. It's like, yeah, I got a baby boss and he just watches. Yeah. And this is a black boy yeah. that's gonna soon run an office. So, yeah, <laughs> all of that to say is yes. I, I love it. I love it. I'm curious though. Um, mm-hmm. There's a saying that my mentor always say. My mentor says, "If you're hanging around four broke people, that means you're the fifth one." Who was your circle like? Well, who who was it that was around you? And did you and and, and if your circle that you was because I don't want you throwing nobody in the bus. But if your circle wasn't um wasn't the circle that would get you up to that next level. Mm-hmm. How did you how did you separate yourself and find your village? So I can tell you that my village, I've always surrounded myself. So before we can get into that, I went to an all women's college. So they taught you immediately as soon as you step foot on campus to be a strong black woman. Mm-hmm. It was there's only two all women African-American women's colleges. It's us, Bennett College for Women and Spelman that's in Atlanta, Georgia. So. With that being said, I've always surrounded myself with women, strong, black, beautiful women. So when it came to my village, especially moving here, because of course, if you're in the DC area, you're known as a transplant, right? I'm coming up from a different place. I surrounded myself with like-minded women. And it just so happened that you are what you attract. So it just so happened that all of these women that started coming around, some of them had their own businesses already. Some were already farther in their careers than I could have ever thought. Some were also older, more mature. So I was able to learn from them and vice versa. So it's very rare that I had anyone in my squad that was slacking because no one, in, even in my little crew now, we don't believe in slack. Most of us have multiple jobs, whether it's a nine to five, two or three different entrepreneurial aspects, or we're focused on X, Y, and Z. But no one in our circle will ever let another person drop because we're like, look, we know the vision. We said, this is what we're going to do. And that's how we start taking it to the next level. So for my grooves, which is an acronym for my great leaders rising up, Mm. my grooves is what keeps me solid. My grooves is what keeps me grounded, but they also remind me when I'm wilding because sometimes I get emotionally hijacked too. So they remind me like, okay, you tripping. Why are you tripping? Because I feel X, Y, and Z. Okay, let's address that emotion. Let's address the label. Because the worst thing you could be is labeled because you know that there is a untapped emotion that you have yet to identify. So instead of being the angry black woman in the office, Mm. you're the frustrated black woman in the office because you're dealing with incompetence. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. (laughs) I love it. No, no, no. I love it. I love it. Uh, That leads me over to my next question is, um, do you feel that it's harder out there for black women, black business owners for their business to be successful? Like, and and if so, what are some of the hurdles that you see that, that kind of stand in the way? So I think for black people, period, just entrepreneurship is difficult. I mean, nothing was really that easy given it to like in the first place, Mm -hmm. but I think some of the hurdles is having the resources. When you start looking at, old businesses that are usually ran by Caucasian men and they come from a lineage of family members that just owned X, they've been taught certain resources. And for us, we're having to learn this all from scratch. And we're learning while we go to figure out what works and what doesn't. So a lot of the things that 
for Black women, we've always had to pivot, regardless of being an entrepreneur or just a Black woman in America. We've had to be able to pivot to figure out, well, what works for one day may not work the next. So not only am I going to have to create something, because some things you also might just have to create, because if it doesn't necessarily, if it works for Karen, it might not work for Shantae. So Shantae may end up having to create something that will align with her values, align with her needs, and make sure that that's going to give her the precursor to do what she needs to do. So that's why you need to keep people around you that's going to be readers, that's going to be able to provide you a resource that you might not necessarily know or understand. So then you can start leveling up. So, I mean, Sierra had it right when she made that song. It was like, all right, you're going to level up? Yeah. <laughs> I yeah. want to touch on something that you said, and um, I know that when we spoke, you were telling me that you actually got a workshop that's actually coming up, um, yeah. and it's around emotionally hijacked. Woo! Yes. What does that mean? What is that? Oh, so emotional hijacking is literally when you cannot control your emotions. This is for the individual that pops off randomly, and then he has to take a step back, and he's like, oh, crap. Mm. I can't believe I just said that. You just got emotionally hijacked. You are literally blurting out stuff that your body is just giving up and you can't control it. That is emotional hijacking. So we are creating a masterclass that will be premiered March 1st. So we're telling everyone, like, get on this list. We only wanted 20 seats because we want it to be intimate. And we wanted to be able to give actual strategies. We're like, hey, here's some strategies of how you can prevent it things to look out for when you're potentially about to get hijacked because there's usually some physiological things going on in your body that will start to start keying up for you. It'll tell you before you even get jacked fully, be like, all right, something's not right. So we're going to give you all these things for you to be mindful of so you can avoid being that angry person. Because I'm not going to put a color on it. So we can avoid the label and address the emotion. Yes, yes, yes. I love it. I love it. I love it. I I, I, I want to say this, right? Yeah. Um, you said address the emotion. Mm-hmm. I feel like, one, there's a lot of brothers that's behind bars because they got emotional. There's yeah. a lot of people that got fired because they got emotional. There's a lot of bosses yeah. out there that find themselves in situations, lawsuits, because they got emotional. Mm-hmm. How do you really catch yourself before you get to that point of explosion? And we're all human. I, I feel that. Sometimes a lot of us don't have that acceptance where we know that, listen, that side of us is not the best side. That right. side of us right there is that bad side. So one accepting that bad side, but how do you catch it before it turns into that explosion? So when you start talking about emotional intelligence, right? Cause that is my thing. That's my jam. One of the 15 competencies that we look for, for just human interaction is self-awareness. You have to be extremely self-aware of the type of person you are. And that means being in tune with those emotions. So there's like this emotional wheel that we, that I know, like I've talked about like thousands of times when I'm like on different people's podcasts. I would tell anyone, if you Google emotional wheel, there's like over 50 plus emotions and it has names to it. And it's over like the generic fear, anger, frustration. Like, no, there is a very clear picture what certain emotions are and what the description is and why it looks like this. So instead of saying, okay, I'm frustrated, you're really not frustrated, you're agitated. So what comes with being agitated when you also have aggression or how do you deal with 
oppressive feeling. So it's all of those things saying, I need to be self-aware of what is going on, but also you need to realize what's your trigger. So that's also what we'll be talking about in the masterclass. Next question. What's your trigger? <laughs> Next question. Right. So if your trigger is the most sniffly Karen in the office that constantly asks you the dumb questions and you know you're going to pop off, she's a trigger. If you got that irritated family member that always coming around asking you for money, they're a trigger. So you need to start identifying what triggers you. Like a lot of times I give my clients work, like these are small activities. I give them saying, okay, if you cannot tell me right now what triggers you, I need you for the next 28 days to be so mindful of the people, the atmosphere, also the senses, because sometimes sensory does evolve for people of what going on around you that triggers you. So I have a lot of clients that come back and we're like, yeah, this type of situation triggers me. More like not addressing a question head on. People talking in circles become a lot of people's triggers. Those who cannot confront certain situations, but they talk behind your back. These are those emotional triggers that we're talking about. So that's when I start saying, okay. So once we identify the trigger, let's now make a plan. How are we gonna deal with it when it starts to arise? And they will come, they always do. So you just have to figure out what is going to be the best strategy for you. What's going to be attainable? What's going to be also realistic? Because let's be honest, some things just may not even make sense. It sounds good on paper, but it, after a while, I'm be like, are you really going to do it? They'll be like, nah. Okay, then let's find something that's attainable. Can you handle this for 28 days straight? I don't want to create something that I won't do without you or I won't do with you, period. So we need to figure it out. So that's usually how we start building on things. Is, is it okay for a leader to show emotion? And I ask mm-hmm. that question, right? Because mm-hmm. um, you can see the shift in the different type of leadership styles with our um, current president there in, yeah. uh, in, in office compared to the, the leadership that just left the White House. Mm-hmm. Um, he's a lot more emotional, have no, and have no um, issues with showing his emotion and crying. Right. I, I, I guess I'm gonna ask the question as vague as I possibly can. Is it a sign of weakness if a person is leading and he shows emotion like crying or or empathy? No, if anything, it's a strength. I think a lot of times when you have leaders that are just so robotic, they're mute, they don't show any emotion. It's very hard for people to one, understand the person behind the mask because that's usually what it is, it's a mask. But then also you can't have a human interaction with this person because you don't see the humanistic side. One of the biggest things that we do talk about, even in the masterclass and also in the book, in our first book that we wrote, was saying, you need to be human. You need to show them that it is okay to fail. You need to show them that it is okay to express yourself if it's done in a healthy manner. Now, sometimes you're going to have to express your emotions. And I'm not saying that you can't be pissed. I tell my folks all the time, be pissed. It's okay. But I need to know that you're pissed. And be okay with it, saying, all right, because everything's not going to be sunshine and rainbows. And when you do have those crappy or challenging days, that's fine. Let's identify what made it challenging. Was it the people around you? Was it a circumstance? Was it an experience? What was it that took you out of your normal peace of mind? 
I, I like that. You you said something. You said it's okay to fail, right? How yeah. do you reverse the thinking? So when we were children, right, and we were mm-hmm. if we were in school, and this is something that I always I always like to um, to 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 challenge, right? Because I love yeah. the answers. Um, since we since we we're kids, mm-hmm. some of us get on punishment. You can't play a video game. You get things taken away if you fail in school. Right. How do you reverse that type of teaching? If you've been taught your whole life not to fail, to now be an adult and you're hearing the words, it's okay to fail because you can actually learn from your failures. So I think it's creating that atmosphere like we talked about earlier. It's saying, you know what? What comes from failure is innovation. So perfect example. I like that. Say that one more time. Say that one more time. I like that. (laughs) What comes with failure becomes innovation. So let's look at your perfect example, Steve Jobs. Worked in his garage year after year. No one knew what that Apple Macintosh computer was. No one had any clue that it was going to be what it is. And yet everyone has an iPhone to this day. That's what failure looks like. It's creating innovation for you to start seeing past the current situation. So that's what I need for my leaders to say, it's okay to fail. But also keep in mind, there is some risk aversion. So you have to realize, is it, more is it worth the long-term gain to lose the short-term loss or is there a lot more at loss that you have to deal with on the long run can you say that again please that oh my god oh my god it would it, it that touched home that really yeah. touched home because you you it's like you're making that determination right you're making that decision do you feel like no matter what sacrifice you make for the better good of your life, are you trying to build a legacy for your child and, and own mm-hmm. business? Do you feel like no matter what, there's always a sacrifice? It, it is. I think life in itself is the biggest sacrifice. And depending on what you're willing to give up is what you're willing to gain and acquire down the road. So right now, a lot of my sacrifice is long nights. So on my regular daytime gig, I'm working nine, 10 hour days. Then I come home to be a mom for four hours, spend time with my son. And then I go into boss mode for an additional four to five hours. Like, you got to look at the time right now. Like, it's 8.30. Normally, kids sleep. I'm home. I'm working on stuff. But if I wasn't doing this podcast with you, I'm up writing, scribbling my notebook, working on this huge dry erase board that's staring at my face for my <laughs> FR21 goal saying, okay, you got this master class. Now, what, after, what do you do next? You got to finish publishing this book. You have to finish writing the next book. You have all these other things that you want to do. So the sacrifice is for us, it's sleep. I'm sacrificing the rest. So I'm having to actively find time without my in my day to actually just rest and finding that peaceful moment saying, okay, right now, this grind season, this is two to three years of just nonstop grinding because when I get on the other side, and I am in my yacht, in my back photo, like, bet, I can rest. Yeah, like, I can there. rest. <laughs> yeah, that's I can rest right in the back of my lounge. But that's what a leader does. You're going to have to grind it out. I mean, I learned that even from, like, my, my day gig. When uh, people didn't realize my value, I would be the first one in the last one out some nights. Mm-hmm. I would be closing up the entire building. And it's, like, 40 plus fours. And I'm walking out and it's like pitch black. I'm like, I walked in and it was pitch black. Hmm. I'm walking out and it's pitch black. And I'm like, if I'm going to do that type of work for someone else's dream, no excuse. 
None. Yes. <laughs> Isn't it so funny? Oh, listen, listen. I'm going to tell you right now. I got back. If y'all not watching this on YouTube, I got bags underneath my eyes. When I tell you my, my sleep is when you're starting a business and I didn't know this. So I just want everybody to understand this. When you're starting a business, a lot of times you're not that fortunate to start it with so much money. So you are going to be the accountant, the person editing your videos, the person that's finding venues, the person that's making sure that the venue is set up. But um, before that, you running home to take a shower and then going back to the event. You're going to be all of those people. You're going to have people that you're going to think that's been in your circle for a long time is going to help you. And you're going to realize they're not really that dependable. It is so much work to do. And I was punched with that reality check. You know, I had a mentor, thank God. Um, he was my, my college professor. But when I see, when, when I, I remember the first time I, I, I connected with him, he said, well, what are you willing to sacrifice? And I'm like, what are you talking about? I just want to be a speaker. I don't, what are you talking about? What do you, he said, no, no, boss, I want you to think about this. What are you willing to sacrifice? And I didn't realize that I, I'm, I don't come from, I'm from a, a, a rich family and the financial status is all that great, right? So all of the stuff that I'm doing, it does take away time from my son, from me spending time with my son. He's getting older now, but he's now, he's, he's into the whole microphone and the, the lights and everything so I can get him to set it up. But it does take away time from me. It does take away sleep. It does take, I'm going to, there's some times where I'm grinding out during the day where I don't even eat. I don't even realize it until it's like dinner. So I'm like, wait, I didn't even eat. And I know that you're supposed to have that life balance and and, and things of that nature. And I believe that, yeah, there's a point in time that you get there. But it's like you said, when you grind, you grind. You're you're breathing it. You're living it. You're smelling it. You're tasting it. Like you have a goal that's set. You can actually see yourself. I I want, I want to, I said, you know what? I will buy a condo before I buy a house because I'll pay off that condo and that rent that I'm going to rent it out for, it'll pay off the mortgage. But if I get a condo, I want a condo where I can take and I can open up the whole entire wall. And I can stand on my balcony and feel the mist of the ocean hitting me in my face. And I don't care what anybody says. That's what I'm going to manifest. That's what I'm going to put out there in the universe. Because I know that the work that I'm putting in now and the work that I'm going to continue putting in is going to get me there. So my next question for you is this. Mm-hmm. What is your grind like? What are some of the challenges that you face as you were building and as you continue to build? So because we're still very new and very young, for us, the biggest thing is getting those clients that are serious. I mean, we're just being very transparent. It's like, okay, you get one or two clients, that's great. And then you also have to realize that for you, you are, you know your worth, so you know your price. So a lot of people are like, you know, you're very expensive. I'm like, yeah, but I know what I'm worth. And I know that I can offer so many things that's going to end up transforming you at the end of the day. So for us, our grind is not being able to kind of see it into fruition just yet because we're so stuck on this granular level of like, let's build this, but let's build this smart, not fast, but smart. So what does that mean? What does that look like? So we're constantly having to look for ways of creating passive income. So for us, we created an emotional merch line. We were like, this just makes it easy. Who doesn't love hoodies, t-shirts, tumblers. I mean, it just made stuff either like we need to be able to find ways to do X to substitute Y. So while we're still building just different avenues and speaking gigs and books and all these things, it's going to take time because it's only two of us. We're having to just slowly work on it. And we're like, it's okay. So we're telling folks like, all right, we'll do stuff in our time. 
We're not overly committing. We're making sure that we're gonna do stuff strategically and also intentionally. So when we're posting on stuff, we're posting with intention. What is the series for the week? What do you wanna pass down or what do you wanna just empower to those who are reading your post? It's not just a quick snapshot of your photo, but saying, all right, I want people to understand what does it mean to get emotionally burnt out? Yes. So yeah, we talk about balance a lot of times and I truly do believe balance is critical because if you are not able to create it, I promise you, burnout is right around the corner. And either way, you're still going to be coming to see me because now we're going to have to address why you burnt out in the first place. That's right. Because there right. was no balance. That's right. Well, <laughs> listen here, Coach Ham, I want you to go ham. So there's something that we do here. It's a tradition that we do here, journey of the mindset, right? And mm-hmm. I want you to. I'm gonna cut off the the the, the camera. I'm gonna turn yeah. the, the the microphone off, and I'm gonna leave you with 60 seconds with the viewers and the listeners, right? And it's whatever mm-hmm. you feel like you want to take from your heart, and you feel like somebody out there that's sitting down right now in their room that's frustrated needs to hear. So I want you to go ham on them, Coach Ham. I want you to go okay. ham on them. All right. So I'm gonna cut the mic off. I'll cut the okay. mic off. I'm gonna step in the background. Okay. And here we go. Hey, listen, journey of the mindset, listeners, if you, listeners, viewers, pause it, go get that pen and paper. I I warned you. All right, I'm out of here. (laughs) All right. So for the listeners that have felt as though they are just tired and they want to give up and they just need something more, I am telling you, I implore you, I'm going to need you to push. I'm going to need you to get up. I'm gonna need you to start talking back to yourself. I know a lot of people say sometimes you gotta talk to yourself. Sometimes you need to respond to yourself. So for those who are still trying to figure out what they're gonna do next, that's fine. Take that time, get a bunch of paper, start scribbling notes. What do you wanna do? What will give you joy? What is going to be the one thing that you can do with your eyes closed, with your arms tied behind your back? You have to realize that if this is what you wanna do, I need you to start making it an actual priority. But here's the the thing that I want you all to be mindful of, right? And if you have yet to get on our subscriber list, you know, this is a shameless plug, get on the list, right? So we're going to be talking about emotional hijacking and a trigger to the unhealthy mind. So when you start talking about the aggressive one, so I'm going to be specifically talking to my brothers. If you have a lot of aggression, it's often to be said, that for those who have unleashed amount of rage toward another person, this is your extreme emotional outburst. Your emotional explosion that's caused by an incident may trigger your anger and your fear. This is literally one thing that could potentially set you back five years. Five years by you not being able to control your aggression. So we're talking to the men that are quick to anger, slow to speak. I need you to start listening more. Figure out the process. Figure out what it is that is triggering you. Because the worst thing for my brothers to do is not being able to tap into that. I need you to be emotional. And it's not to say that you're going to cry. It's not. But what it is going to remind you is that you are self-aware. I need you to be tolerant of those around you. I need you to be empathetic and yet sympathetic. I need you to understand without having to necessarily be told to understand. Listen more, speak less. 
start looking and advising before you're given any other advice in the world. Start reaching in, ask for help. For those who also have a lot of ego, I'm telling you now, remove it. It's okay to ask for help. Sometimes you're gonna need it. And if you don't ask for it now, you might not get it down the line. So that is what I have for you today. This is your girl, Coach Hale. I think that's it. I told you. I, I told, I, listen, I, I told y'all. Close <laughs> it, go get a pen and paper. Y'all didn't want to listen. So now you <laughs> have to go ahead and rewind it back. <laughs> Coach Hale, I appreciate yes. you so much. I love the information. Mm-hmm. I appreciate you for coming on and taking this time out and taking some time out because I know this is your grind time when you're working on your business. So I appreciate you for allowing me to come into your space and you coming mm-hmm. into this space and giving some information to my listeners and my viewers. So I know that it's, it's, it's Zoom. I know it's pandemic. You're kind of close to where I'm at. When all of this is over, hopefully we could do it face to face and you're back yes. on the show, this, this um, podcast show again. Absolutely. Anytime you let me know, I will make a trip out there. Definitely, definitely. Listen, ladies and gentlemen, thank y'all for listening. Listen, I want to tell y'all right now, 143 Speaks, 143 Speaks. I'm not talking about Journey of the Mindset. We're talking about 143 Speaks. If you don't know what 143 Speaks is, you can go on to 143 Speaks at Aim High on Instagram. That's 143 Speaks, Aim High on Instagram, and you can find out a little bit more about it. Or you can go on to www.143speaks.com and you can find more information out about what 143 Speaks is. But ladies and gentlemen, I have something special coming up for all of my journey of the mindset listeners on behalf of 143 Speaks. So there's a big, big donation that's coming up on the next podcast. So I want you guys to listen because I got some merchandise that I want to give out. Darn it. I said I wasn't going to. Well, I said it anyway. Doesn't even matter. But ladies and gentlemen, thank you for coming. Remember, if you are on a journey and you're having a tough time, if you fall, make sure you land on your back and look back in the direction you should be going in. Les Brown said that. And I'm a firm believer. Until next time, world family. Peace. Welcome to the journey of the mindset.